Well, tonight I'm continuing my series on prayer. By the way, this will go through the end of the month because then we're turning to the Gospels for the greatest story ever told. I, I decided quite a few years ago that every Easter, and I know some people don't like to call it Easter, every resurrection season, well, because Easter comes from Ishtar, which is the goddess, which is actually Ashtoreth, and so they, for some people it really, I think, I think our Father in Heaven knows our hearts enough. But anyway, that was total digression there, wasn't it? Um, but I've decided every year I just want to preach the story of, of the death and resurrection of Jesus from the Gospels. So I rotate through the Gospels. It is the greatest story I ever told. In fact, it's, it's my favorite thing to preach on. Um, I, this is a little, this little secret about me. I think I'm, I try to be good every week. I really do. I honestly do. I, I try to like have a good sermon, but I think I'm at my best when I'm telling the stories of the Bible and there is no story as good as this story. So, man, I'm looking forward to March. Plus, you get some corned beef on the 17th. <laughs> but tonight, I'm continuing the series on prayer. And my title is Pray with Audacity. Does anybody know what audacity means? Boldness. Yes, impudence. Is, I'm preaching out of the ESV. They use the word impudence other translations say importunity others say shameless boldness it's it's almost like bordering on the edge of cockiness it's like what is why are you so audacious and jesus tells us this is how we are to pray in luke chapter 11 verse 1 he says now jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished one of his disciples said to him lord teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. I think that's really cool because we find out that John the Baptist has been teaching his disciples how to pray. And I would say if you, I know I'm preaching a series on prayer because there are questions about prayer. Um, but if you don't feel like you really know how to pray, just ask someone that you think is a good prayer, like, hey, Teach me how to do that. And the disciples, I think, made a very wise choice because there aren't many people, I would say, that are better at praying than Jesus. And so I would put this advice right at the top of the list. Pretty, pretty high up there. So Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, and this is the Lord's Prayer. Now, this is the Luke version. It's slightly different than the Matthew version. We went over it more last week in the Matthew version, so I'm not going to spend as much time on the prayer. But I think these words are pretty significant. In fact, I try learning something every week, and hopefully I learn something that changes me. And this week, I've actually started to think, Maybe I should just pray the Lord's Prayer a lot more often. Because again, growing up, I've shared with you that I was taught, you know, when you just repeat the same prayer, it's like it's meaningless, you're my... That's not necessarily true. Your heart can be in it. Your heart can be in it just as much as your heart cannot be in making up your own prayers. But he said, when you pray, say, like, hear the words. 
Now, I'm not saying you should pray this prayer all the time only. I'm just saying this is a good template. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. And I shared with you last week, I, I think we should pray that his, his, his name is holy in us, that our lives live up to the holiness of this calling. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, only live up to the calling you have received. And when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And I said this last week, we need to forgive. We just need to forgive. You are writing your own forgiveness ticket. Because the standard you use in forgiving others is the standard God will use to forgive us. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And I'm not exactly sure what that means. But I will say that when Jesus was baptized, the first thing that happened after he was baptized, after the, you know, the dove and the voice, it says, and the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days. And Jesus said, pray this, don't lead me into temptation. I also want to add a lot of times we don't need much leading to get there. And it's good, it's good, you know, to pray this, but while you're praying it, one of the things I found is the, the most effective prayers are when you are working in the direction of what you are praying. Some of the least effective prayers are when you are, you're, you're having a strategy that is completely the opposite of the goal of your prayer. So it's also a good idea to put some roadblocks around yourself. I've said many times there are two ways to drive a Porsche slow. Sit in it and drive slowly or sell it and get a Pinto. <laughs> or a Focus nowadays, you know. But if, if you can't handle things, figure it out for real. I mean, this is, this is what he's talking about. Lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you? who has a friend, will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. So imagine this, you know, it's midnight. Your friend is banging on the door. Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived, has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The doors thou shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I mean, that would, how annoyed would you be if someone is banging on your door after you've gone to bed? Hey, give me some bread. Give me some bread. I have a friend. You're my friend. I'm not your friend anymore. Go away. But I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend... Yet because of his impudence, because of his audacity, 
because of his shameless boldness, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I want to tell you what is not happening here. So sometimes if you're going to go meet like a powerful person, you know, let's say you're going to go meet the mayor. I know mayors are very powerful. And you're like, you know, I'm going to the mayor and I want to, I want to propose this and I'm really hoping that he will buy in and support this and this would change the community and it'd be so great. Tell me, you know the mayor. Tell me a little bit about him. And they'll say, well, he loves fly fishing. You know, he loves rodeos. Oh, and he's an old tractor buff. But if you, if you show some interest in those things, you'll kind of smooth things over and he'll be like on your side. And, you know, Jesus isn't saying... Okay, so I know I know my father, so let me tell you. This is like, no, he is the father. I and the father are one. Show us the father and that's enough. How long have I been with you and you don't know? I know the Trinity is complicated. There's three, but there's one. And Jesus knows that when you're praying to the father, you're praying to him. And he tells this story. He tells this story. And I think one of the things that we ought to do, and I've kind of been taught, and I'm sure you guys have, don't pray too much about things, you know, and and because it might not be God's will and it might be, well, I'll tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't this man's will to get up at midnight and give his friend three loaves of bread. But he did. He did. And I really believe that Scripture teaches us that God wants to be sought after hard. It talks about who is, who is worthy of Him. Well, the one with clean hands. The one with a pure heart. The one who keeps an oath, even if it cost Him at great harm. See, He isn't cheap. And He isn't easy. He wants you to want him and go after him. What is the first and greatest commandment? It is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. He wants all, all. My friend, I love this story. I'm my friend, I haven't seen him for years now. He moved away. He's pastoring somewhere where the snow was like 12 feet deep all year long. But he had a son named Lou Eric. And he used to say, he used to tell us this story. He'd say, yeah, I have this, I have this thing with Lou Eric. That when I get home from work, I see little Lou Eric over there. And I say, Lou Eric, you want a piece of me? And Lou Eric gets down and he's like a sumo wrestler at five years old. He's like, no, dad, I want the whole thing. (laughs) God doesn't want a piece of you. He wants the whole thing. And he's, he wants to hear and he wants to answer because Jesus goes on. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend yet because of his impudence impudence and i wouldn't necessarily think being called impudent or audacious is a compliment but jesus like no he doesn't he's not giving up he's not and and i just want to say i mean it's this idea of perseverance so you guys probably won't believe this 
But when I was in college, I was not a very good basketball player. I mean, I was okay. One time, actually, in an intramural game, I had 29 points. I know. <laughs> Thank you very much. But there were, like, the real basketball players. And I went to a huge school, like Big Ten almost. It was called Crown College in St. Bonnie. And one day, the best basketball player on their team was in the gym. And I said, you want to play one-on-one? And he's like, sure. So he beat me. It was close when we started. And then he pretty soundly thrashed me. And then I'm like, another? He's like, okay. So he beat me again, badly. And I don't know how many we played, but I was like, finally, he's like, no, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. You're terrible. (laughs) But I wouldn't quit. I didn't want to give up. It's like I haven't lost until I lose. (laughs) And I want to encourage you to pray and pray and pray. And it's okay to say the same thing over and over and over. How many ways can you say, give me some bread? (laughs) I mean, Jesus is in the garden. And you know what he did three times? He prayed, not my will, but yours be done. But if it's possible, please remove this cup. It's That's what he wants. He wants to know you're not going to give up. He wants to know that you want it as bad as he wants to give it to you. Jesus says, I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs, which seems to indicate he probably could have got some, well, not bacon because they were Jewish, but he could have got some I don't even know what lunch meat they ate there. He could have had some corned beef. No, it wouldn't have been corn. He got some old fish. And I tell you, so here's what Jesus said. Here's the, here's the point of this story. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Now, I have a, another little thought for you to think. Have you ever lost something that actually means something to you? How hard did you look for it? Because you look. See, he says, seek and you will find. Now, has someone else ever lost something and asked you to help look for it? How hard did you look for it? You're like, oh, you lost your ring? Oh, no, I don't see it. Where'd you look? The music stand in my pocket. Ask and you will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. And knocking, I mean, like knocking, like it's midnight and you want food for your friend and they're in bed sleeping, banging. Hey, get up, go away. How many of you would have said, oh, I'm sorry to bother you. I'll leave now. Well, this man didn't. He kept banging on the door and the guy didn't get up because it was his friend because at that moment he didn't care. He finally got up because man, go away. Here you go. What else do you need? Ask, seek and knock. 
For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Now I just want to add, we need to be praying things that also align with His will. Because James says, you ask and you don't receive because you ask for your own selfishness and your own pleasure. But when something is genuinely His will, He wants to give it to you. And you know what is His will? That all men are saved and reach repentance. And so those of you who are praying for loved ones, those of you who are praying for enemies, keep on praying and keep on asking and keep on seeking and keep on knocking. Because there's another line that isn't really funny, but people say it every time. Where'd you find it? The last place you looked for it? Yeah, because that's when you quit. You quit when you find it. This past Wednesday night, I was sharing the story with the kids and I told them the story of the lady who, you know, the the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son in Luke 15. And one of the little girls, she was sitting there and I said, how long do you think he looked for it? And she said, forever and ever? I'm like, nope, until he found it. But I actually think her idea was better. Forever and ever. He doesn't give up. Seek, knock, ask, and it will be opened. And then he says, and I love this part, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? I mean, have any of you ever had a dad who's like, he asked for a fish, I tricked him. When he opens the bag, it's really a snake. (laughs) No, which of you? If his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, and you are, and he's not accusing, he's just saying, I know what you are. I know what's in your heart. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He wants to give you, and by the way, you say, who is this Holy Spirit he talks about? That's himself. That's God. The Father, the Son, the Spirit. He wants you to have him. So my sister and I, I learn a lot from my sister. She's very smart. And we were talking today, and she was sharing, I was just telling her, you know, like, things I get anxious about. And I said, I don't, I mean, I don't have anxiety, like, you know, anxiety. I just like things bother me and I get worked up and I have to do things. I mean, like how many of you have to do your taxes? And you're like, Oh, taxes. I just don't want to do that. And then it kind of weighs on you because you don't do it and you don't. Yeah. And she said, no, I think you do because we're a lot the same. And I know I have anxiety and I've recently realized that I have let this fear in this anxiety dwell in my heart. And that is where the Holy Spirit wants to live. And I need to repent of that and let him have his home. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Maybe I am a little more anxious than I ought to be. And if you wonder how much anxious you ought to be, it says a few times in the Bible, do not be anxious. So 
Not is how much you ought to be. So in Luke 18, Jesus tells another story, similar, but the fact that he told this story in another way seems to indicate this point is important. Learn this point. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought also always to pray and not lose heart. So you say, how, how long should I pray before I give up? Forever and ever. Forever and ever. He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. That's not a very good judge. He doesn't respect men. He doesn't fear God. That's not the kind of guy that you want to deal with. I mean, honestly, if you have to go ask someone in high power, a judge, because you have a pending something and you need his favor and you find out, yeah, he does not fear God and he doesn't respect men. He's all about him. You're probably not going to feel very encouraged about the potential results of this meeting. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. And she kept coming to him and saying, and she kept coming to him and saying, I don't think it was three times. You guys are tired of me saying, and she kept coming to him and saying, and that was only the fourth time I said it. She kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, I'm a bad man, I know that. And though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me. Basically, he said, just to get her to shut up, I'm going to take care of this. Because she keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Like it's enough. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. Hear it. What did he say? Though I neither fear God nor respect men, just to get her to stop bothering me, she will beat me down. I will see that she gets justice. Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will God give justice and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him when day and night he hears he hears you and he will work your cause he and it goes back to this impudence it's like, I don't want to bother you, but no, I do want to bother you. And I'm going to bother you, and I'm going to bother you, and I'm going to bother you. Sometimes 
when you pray, I'm sure you say something like this. God, I know I've prayed about this before, but no, just say, hey, listen, that's bold. Okay, don't, maybe not that tone with God, <laughs> but you get the idea. It's like, help, do something, hear my cause. I have, I have people coming and I need bread, help. And I don't think that is disrespectful because that seems to be exactly what Jesus is telling us to do. You know what is disrespectful? If somebody tells you exactly what to do and you say, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I, that's no. Jesus, Jesus told them this. Jesus tells us this. He tells us. And he says, will God not give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? And then he says, it really isn't a question if God wants to answer and if God will answer. Here's what the real question is. Because the fact that Jesus says this in the context of telling us this story, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's, you see how he's juxtaposing these two ideas? Like, you think, you think it's because he hasn't answered, or he hasn't, or he doesn't, or he's not. No. Really, it's this. Do you have faith? Do you have the kind of faith to knock and to knock and to knock, and to knock. And you have the kind of faith to seek, and to seek, and to seek, and to seek. Do you have the kind of faith to, even though your dad's like six foot three and you're five, to say, no, dad, I want the whole thing. That's what he wants. That's what his will is. So when you pray, pray like this. Let's pray. Father, help us to be audacious. Help us to be bold. Help us to have faith. It says if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can say to this mountain, throw yourself into the sea. Help us to know you, to seek you, to chase you down, to pursue your will. And we know that your will is that we are fruitful. We know it's, it's that all men reach repentance. We know these things. So help us to, to pray and work in that direction. In your name, Jesus, for your kingdom and for your glory. Amen. Amen.